0: Good morning. good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I just wanted to welcome you all here today. It's good to see some of you that I haven't seen in a while. Um, I'm going to go over a couple of quick announcements. We're going to pray and then we're going to get started. But uh, if you are a uh, person that attends our church, we are doing membership classes. We're getting ready to start those up. So if you're interested in learning what a Nazarene is, finding out it's not a cult, right? And you want to... When I, when I first started attending Nazarene church, I'm like, I've never heard of a Nazarene church, and so I was kind of scared about that, but um, loved it ever since. I love the doctrine. We'll be talking about that and going through that. So if you're interested in becoming a member, just see me, or you can talk to uh, Adria or Doug, and we'll get you set up. We do have kids' classes and nursery starting. If you want to use the nursery, you're welcome. If you want your kids to stay in here. They're welcome to stay in here as well. But they're actually going to be on this side of the room, or this side of the church. Normally they're on that side. We have a nice nursery, nice children's room, but the heat went out over there. So just one of those things that comes up. So we've shifted everything over to that side, uh, and we're going to bring the kids up during the service, pray for them. And we want to pray for them, so have them come up. If you want them to go to Children's Church, that's great. You know, we'll, we'll bring them out there. If you want them to stay in with you, that's fine as well. But we're going to give you that opportunity. Nursery is open, though, right now. And I want to remind you, after the church, we will not release your kids to anybody but you. So we don't just let them go and come find their parents. We want to be safe, and we want to be responsible for that. So please do that. If you could, don't spend a lot of time talking. Uh, If you could get your kids right right away, we'd appreciate that. Sometimes people spend in here, you know, 20 minutes, and um, the children's worker said that they were going to give your kids candy, slime, and a cat. If you don't pick them up right away. So if you could, help the nursery workers out or the workers out and go, go pick those kids up. All right. Um, you technical people, right? So anybody that's younger, a younger person, right? There's some, some older people that are technical. But you technical people, would you do me a favor and share the stream that we have going on right now? If you go to WillardNaz, I'm giving you permission to get on your phones. If you go to WillardNaz.org, there are three lines. That's a menu button. You click on that button. You go down. There's a Sunday live stream. And if you people listening in a chat would share the stream, we'd appreciate that. But you can go to the Sunday live stream. You go to Sunday live stream and then there's three dots in the upper right hand corner. You click that and you can share that to Facebook or to your social media accounts. But we just want to um, get the message out to as many people as possible and appreciate you partnering with us in that. But that's all I have. Would you stand with me? Needless to say, I'm pretty excited about today, pretty nervous, but I'm excited to get to fellowship with you today, right? It's been a while since we've seen some people, and um, I hope you're here to worship the Lord, though, above anything else, and to hear from Him, hear from His Word, and to be drawn near to Him. So let's, let's try to focus our minds on that, focus our minds on Him. He is the only one that is worthy of our praise, right? And would you bow your head and pray with me? Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, you have right away. I pray that you would do as you see fit, that you would lead people to speak as you want them to, and that we'd be faithful and follow that call. Lord, I pray that you'd use the the praise and worship team to draw our hearts, to draw our attention to you. Lord, for we give you all praise and honor. Lord, you are the God of the universe. You created us. Father, we just, we praise you and we thank you. Lord, the rest of the service is yours. Lord, our lives are yours. Lord, do as you see fit. Father, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: storm, you'll be faithful forevermore, you have done great things, and I know you will do it again, for your promise is yes and then. Yay! James too. But I hope you just didn't come here to support us. I hope that you came expecting, expecting a move of God in your life, to feel the Holy Spirit and His presence all over. up, coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down Why you won't tear down Coming after me There's no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up
0: this time I want to introduce you to our district superintendent, Pastor Wendell Brown and his wife Tammy's here today. Pastor Wendell.
2: Well, it is a great privilege to be here today. Today's a pretty big day, isn't it? You know, um, it's great. I know Pastor James and Adavie mentioned just faces that they haven't seen in a while. I, let me just let me just say this: We're we're living in some pretty crazy times, aren't we? I mean, I, I'm I'm 48 years of age. I know I don't look a day over 29, and uh, I just wanted to make sure I set that record straight for everyone. Um, I, we're we're living in times that I never saw were going to happen in my lifetime. We're we're fighting over things in this country that I never dreamed we'd fight over again, or they'd surface. And the reality is, we need each other. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we need each other right now. And and more importantly than that, this nation needs to see that there are still men and women in the world who call on the name of Jesus Christ, who live what they say they live. They need to see us in community, loving with compassion And they need to see us as the body of Christ showing that no one is ever beyond the redemption of Jesus Christ. No one is ever beyond that. So I want to encourage you, all the more, don't give up the habit of meeting together. I know that there's a real virus. I know that there are very real concerns. Take precautions. Connect digitally, in person, however you can. And be a part of the body of Christ. You need each other. all right. That's not my stump speech. I wasn't planning on saying that. But we need each other. Today's a remarkable day because it culminates the the completion of prayers, of planning, and preparation. Today's a remarkable day. I always marvel at the handiwork of God. How God is always before us. Working in ways that we cannot see. Today's a remarkable day because it marks, again, the culmination of God's handiwork and His design. Today marks a new beginning where we get to see what God has designed for us in the days ahead here at Willard Church of the Nazarene. We believe that today is the culmination of God's plan, but also the beginning of seeing how His plan will impact the lives in this community. Today will continue to be a remarkable day and we will point back to this moment as lives are changed in the future. I'm not trying to drum up excitement here. I'm pointing to the fact that when we are obedient to the plan of God, that blessing follows. I believe that God has great plans for this congregation. If you believe that with me, would you just say amen? I believe in you. And I believe in Pastor James and adavi and Lydia and Ethan that God has put these pieces together for this moment in time. In the days ahead, we'll look at this day, at this remarkable day, and recognize God's blessing and recognize that God does remarkable things through us as new lives find salvation in Christ. And we'll remark that the love of God has led this church. Today's a remarkable day. As we prepare for the official start today, I want to remind you of God's Word in relation to those that serve among you. As I read this, make this your own personal commitment today and to your pastor. 1 Thessalonians 5, starting with verse 12, says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, those who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them, in the highest regard in love because of their work, live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive and encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them and hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. And the word says, he will do it. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Church apart from Jesus, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Pastor James and Atavi, I'm going to ask you to come forward if you would at this time. And why don't you do something spiritual and clap for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor James and Atavi, it today is, is uh, a day that may be... Three years ago, we never saw it would be on the radar, mm-hmm. but here we are. Yeah. And God knows exactly what he's doing, doesn't he? Amen. As your district superintendent, I want to celebrate your obedience to Christ, first and foremost. And I want to say thank you for being faithful servants to Jesus Christ. As we go through this installation this morning, there's some questions I want to ask you. So I'll let you okay. refer to that, and we'll get started, okay? okay. Pastor James, will you accept the charge to be the spiritual leader of this flock? I will. Congregation, do you affirm that through the Holy Spirit and this church that Pastor James and Adavy have been brought together for this point in time according to God's will? If so, answer. Will you who witness the new beginning covenant to support and uphold Pastor James in this ministry? Will you pray for? your pastor, and his family. Will you encourage and support them as they seek to lead you in the mission of God? I'm going to ask the church board to stand, if you will. I'm going to ask you to do something spiritual here as well. And would you thank the church board for their wisdom in this process? So, church board. By the way, it's a whole lot better to see you in person than Zoom, by the way. Just throw that out. Church board. Will you, the church board of the Willard Church of the Nazarene, will you affirm that you are willing to be workers together with this pastor in the providence of God? Will you support this pastor with respect, loyalty, love, and fervent prayer? Thank you. You may be seated. And as much as you are able, I encourage you as the body of Christ to give sacrificially of your means, so that Pastor James and you, the congregation, can give your full attention to prayer, to the ministry of the word and ministry of outreach evangelism to the community in the days ahead. If you will do that, congregation, will you say, we will? Amen. OK? And Pastor James, your covenant.:
0: In response to the gracious call of God. And in gratitude for the confidence you have expressed in me as a church board and a district superintendent, I accept pastoral leadership of the Willard Church of the Nazarene. I pledge to you a stewardship of these resources and covenant with you to make ours a living, effective church that strives to reach the lost and broken of our community with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ.
2: Having committed yourself to this work, I charge you to care alike for the young and the old, the strong and the weak, the rich and the poor, and by your words and by your life, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will. As the district superintendent of North Central Ohio District, I now officially welcome Reverend James and Atavi as pastor and servants among you. As you, the body, the church body, and Reverend James enter into this new and solemn relationship of pastor and people, you will continue to have the prayers and the support of your district leadership. May God bless you all richly in the days ahead. I'm going to ask you now, normally I would have the board come and lay hands on the pastor and we'd have a word of prayer. But what I'm just going to ask you to do is is if you will, I'm going to pray for them. And if you'd like to just extend your hand out to them, in a uh, in a COVID world, as 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 just to say, "Yay, God!" We affirm this moment. I'm going to ask you to do that as we pray. All right, Father, thank you so much for this moment in time, Lord. Uh, We believe that this is a spiritual moment because your Holy Spirit has gone before us. We believe that you've ordained this moment in time. We prayed and asked for wisdom, Father, both for for Pastor James and Atavi, for the church, the church board. And we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will use this collaboration for your glory. We pray that lives will be changed. We pray that, that people who are lost in this community will come to find you. And we pray that the latter days will be better than the former days. In this congregation. May your Holy Spirit fall. Would you unite this body. To be truly the body of Christ. May the enemy never gain a foothold here. And so we confidently say. That the enemy is not welcomed in your plan. Work ahead of us. Do your good thing. We pray and we thank you. For this blessed couple and family. And we thank you for this moment. And we give it to you. In Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. I, I just want to say thank you to everyone for your support, uh, for your trust, and for your willingness to partnership to, with us, because we feel that. We feel your prayers. We We know that you're praying for us, and we covet those prayers, and we're we're grateful for them. Um, We're going to keep moving with the service. I'll I'll talk a little bit more, but at this time, we'd like to bring our kids up and pray for them before we dismiss them. K through 5, we're going to pray for them. Like I said, they can stay in here afterwards, we pray for them, or they can go with Nancy. Nancy is a phenomenal teacher, and um, I guarantee your kids will will love her and and learn from her. But if you could... Kids, K through 5, if you come up here to the altar, we usually put uh, girls on this side and boys on this side. So if you come up at this time, kindergarten through 5th.
1: Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these beautiful children that you have entrusted to our care. I I pray for their families, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray, Jesus, that these children would know you and love you and learn more about you. Lord, bless our time. As we go to share in your word, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us from the youngest to the oldest. We praise you, God, in your precious name. Amen.
0: Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the nation that we're in. We're thankful that we're able to still meet together, Lord. And I know there's there's a war going on. Father, I pray that you would call us to be a people that look differently, though. That we wouldn't engage in, in all the, the anger and the hatred on Facebook and we wouldn't look at the other side and just hate them. Lord, I pray that you'd show uh, the world a community that loves and cares for each other and cares for en- our enemies, Lord. A community that sacrifices. A community that carries each other's burdens. Lord, give us those opportunities. Father, I pray that you'd watch over those people that are deployed in the National Guard. I pray that there would be no riots, nothing happening, Lord, and that you'd just bring peace to our nation and call us to revival, Father. Lord, I lift up the people that have experienced deaths, the families that have experienced deaths, Lord, and will no longer see their loved one in the flesh, Lord. We pray that you would just comfort them pray that your spirit would be all over them. I pray that your spirit would be speaking through whoever's doing their funerals and the message, the gospel message would be preached, Lord, and maybe through those situations that people would come to know you. But Father, I pray for comfort for their families as they miss their loved ones. Lord, there is a lot of physical requests, physical ailments, Lord, I pray that you'd be in those situations touching people. Lord, I pray that you would use them. Use them maybe to draw people closer to you, depending on the severity that they think about their eternity. Lord, But I pray that you'd give them the strength and comfort to deal with them. I pray that you'd give their doctors wisdom with these things as well. Father, we, we had a, a friend that was mentioned that is, is going through a separation in the family. Lord, I pray that, that you would reunite them this husband and wife. Lord, we've seen it with people in here. What happens when a husband and wife give their lives to you and surrender their marriage to you that you're able to put that back together. And so, Father, I pray that you would do that. Lord, I pray if there's any marriages that are strained right now, that they would come together and look to you, Lord. And I pray that you would just unite them. Lord, I I, I pray for um, this COVID situation and everything that we're dealing with. Father, may Your hand be in it, Lord, and I pray that You would just watch over us, Lord, during these times. Father, uh, lift up the rest of this service. Have Your way, Lord. Lead us and guide us. Speak through Your Word, Lord. As Edie said, I hope You're not here to see us, Lord. We're we're here to hear from You, the one true living God. And we give You all honor and praise in Your name. We pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. While you're turning there or opening there, um, this kind of reminded me of ordination just because of the sweating part. Uh, Kind of a funny story. Uh, I went to ordination over 10 years ago, and for some reason... It, it's at, it was at Mount Vernon Nazarene University, um, big auditorium, lots of people there. I'm an introvert, so I was already feeling very nervous and anxious and everything like that. I'm in a suit, imagine that. It was warm in there, like it's kind of warm in here. But when I sat down, when I kneeled down at the altar, for some reason I couldn't kneel like straight up. Like in these altars, you know, you can you can kneel kind of straight up. But for some reason I was like backwards and I couldn't reposition my knees and I don't know what was going on and everything like that so I had to hold on to the top of the altar the whole time and kind of hold myself up so imagine I'm in a suit I'm an introvert nervous it's hot warm sweating and everything like that you know and I feel the sweat just start coming down and I'm like oh no so I don't know about you but when I start sweating then I get even more anxious and so then I started sweating some more and so it's getting really disturbing uh, and I was, I was like one of the last people that was going to be prayed over. I think they were saving the best for last. But, or is it the opposite of that? I don't know. Last is first. But um, by the time they get down to me, my arms are shaking from holding myself up there. And so all I can think of is, man, this general superintendent is going to look at me and see me sweating and see me shaking and be like, what in the world is going on with this guy? But these say it went through, prayed for me, and what an amazing amazing time. I didn't die, so that that was great. But I kind of felt like that when I started sweating up here just now. But Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Did I just tell you you could sit down? All right. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. I, I wanted to preach on this because I think this communicates our heart what our heart needs to be as this church, right? And it's a great reminder. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. If you need a Bible too, there's Bibles on the back things. You are welcome, when you leave, take one of those. Take it home. They're a nice uh, uh, study Bible, life application study Bible. You're more than welcome to them. But Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe salmon in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of his fire, father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father said, saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Well, we had to celebrate And be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through it. Open our hearts, soften them, open our eyes and our ears so that we can hear from you. Lord, thank you for giving us your word so that we don't have to guess who you are or what you're like. Lord, Father, we just give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I know a majority of you know this story, very familiar. It is probably one of the greatest stories, whether or not we're talking about in Christianity or outside Christianity. There are many people who have heard about the prodigal son. Sometimes when we preach on such topics and everything like that, it can be easy to just kind of tune it out. I've heard this before. I know all about it. I've heard 20 different messages on that. But would you just be praying right now that God speaks to us? Fresh and uses it to call us as the body of Christ to what He would have. That He would give us a heart full of compassion towards the lost. All right, before we get into this, I want to. read Luke 15 1 because this is where we get the context of this parable so Luke 15 1 if you skip back a little bit it says now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him him would be Jesus to listen to him so imagine this all right Jesus starts his ministry and all of a sudden uh, the tax collectors and sinners were being drawn to him Jesus starts a teaching and preaching. Ministry. He doesn't hold anything back. His, his message is not watered down. And the so-called worst of the worst of society are drawn to him. And we talked about this a little bit last week. The gospel goes out, right? And people are either attracted to it or they're offended by it, right? Isn't it awesome, though, to know that there is a God who draws people who are far from him to him my friends that gives me hope because there are sometimes i look at people and i think oh man they're so far from god what hope is there but they're only a gospel message away right they're only a conversation away let's never count somebody out or think that we're wasting our time when we get an opportunity to reach out let's never squander an opportunity where we're standing next to somebody at the gas station or we meet somebody at the laundromat, or we're at work and somebody comes up to and just starts talking to us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead that conversation towards him, right? Those have been some of the best conversations that I've had, and they've all been led by the Holy Spirit. We partner with the Holy Spirit. He's reaching out to people. He's guiding the conversations. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say. Just let him lead. Just start the conversation. Hey, how's life treating you? How are things going? And see where he takes it. Don't look at somebody, though, and think that they're beyond the gospel message. Verse 2, both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, if you don't know who the Pharisees were, these were the religious leaders or part of the religious leaders of this day. Scribes were like them. Their job was to record the scriptures, copy the scriptures six out of the seven days a week. So the ultra-religious, religious, religious, the ultra-elite religious leaders and the people that knew the scriptures forward and backwards began to grumble saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, I wanted to go here because it's important to understand who the audience is when Jesus speaks these three parables. We're only going to look at the last parable, but it's important all right, so the audience is made up of the religious people, Pharisees and scribes, and then also sinners, or what the world would refer to as sinners, and tax collectors. Tax collectors were, were basically traitors, all right? the lowest of the lowest in this society. So that's the spectrum that we have when we hear this message. And we learn that one of the main reasons that Jesus is going to give these parables is that the religious leaders were upset that Jesus was associating with these people, and that he ate with them. I like how the NLT puts it. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them, right? It's one thing to associate somebody, but if you go to Chipotle with them, that's a whole other thing. But this is a cultural cultural thing. To, To eat with somebody meant that you accepted them. If you broke bread with somebody that was unclean during this time, you would become unclean. There's an association there. And remember, to the nation of Israel, they're in bondage right now. They've been conquered, and they are under Roman rule. The religious people were praying to God to free them. And they thought, man, if we can just get right with God. If we can just turn our country and get our country right with God, then God would save us. So they saw sinners, people engaged in sin, as the reason that they were in bondage. And they started to despise them. They were the reason that their country was in the state that it was in. And it's kind of like us today, right? I don't know about you, but that's what kind of politics does to us. We see the other side as the reason that our country is in the state it's in. And if we're not careful, we just start to tend to judge those people and want nothing to do with that other side, right? There are Republicans and Democrats in this room right now, I guarantee you it. Right, And we have to show people that we can be different. Yes, we stand for truth, we stand for God's word, but we can't let it jade us. When we disagree with people, we can't go to Facebook and just rip on people. We have to show the world a better way, a different community. All right, so uh, Jesus responds to them with three parables. First one is the parable of the lost coin. Second is the parable of the lost sheep. And then the third one is called either the prodigal son or the parable of the lost son. So go back to verse 11. Verse 11 And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate that falls to me. In other words, Dad, I want to cash out, right? Could you imagine being the dad? You're not even dead. You're not even feeling sick. And your son comes up to you and and really wants his inheritance now. Now. Now, here's the process that would happen and how they did it back there in this culture when it came to inheritance. The father would work hard and try to leave an inheritance for his kids and he would divide the inheritance up by the number of kids he had plus one, all right? So in this case, he has two sons. So he's gonna divide his inheritance up by two plus one, three. The firstborn gets a double portion and the, the second kid gets one portion, all right? So a little math test. If somebody had four kids, he would divide his inheritance by five, right? All right. Firstborn gets a double portion, and the rest get a, a single portion, all right? So the younger kid comes knowing that a third of what his father has is going to be his, and he asks for it. Now, this would be really disrespectful in this time period. This would be a slap in the face. It's really like saying, I'd rather have you or your stuff than your presence." His father, though, and this is very interesting, does it. He goes along with it. So he divided his wealth between them, verse 13. And not many days later, the, young, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate in reckless living. Reckless living. I want you to remember that, all right? Because this is what why the son is referred to as a prodigal son in some texts. And we'll come back, come back to that a little bit later. Verse 14, now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be in need. Now, why was he in need? Because he lived recklessly, right? He lived recklessly. You know, he probably spent four dollars on a cup of coffee, reckless living. I don't know if some people know this, but you can actually brew coffee for like five cents a cup. And before I point too many fingers, I I will get um, those flavored coffees and stuff myself sometimes. But I only do it on Fridays. Lori can testify. I only do it on Fridays with the Facebook special. So that's not really like full reckless living. That's just partly reckless living. But maybe this person bought a gym membership, right? Or an extended warranty. Or played the lottery. Or bought a snack at a gas station. Bought skins in Fortnite. Or a skin in Call of Duty. My son... I mean, somebody that I know <laughs> plays Fortnite, and he paid $20 so that he could look like a lizard while he plays the game, in the game, All right? $20 so he could look like a lizard, somebody I know. But maybe, uh, maybe this person bought bottled bottle water or a new car every two years. $5 greeting cards? What in the world is up with that? Have you ever bought a greeting card lately? Or vitamins? Or, Mom, a $5 vegan burger? I mean, that stuff is expensive. Right? You know, reckless living. And if there's anybody in here I didn't offend, I'll get you later. Right? <laughs> Verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed pigs. Now, if you know anything about the Jewish people in this day, they did not have anything to do with pigs. Right? They didn't touch them. They didn't have them. They didn't eat them. That includes bacon. Nothing. Pigs aren't clean at this point, and they didn't go near them. And what Jesus is doing in this story, he's just communicating how far gone the son was. Right? He's in a distant land. He's associating with pigs. That's how far removed he is. That's how far gone he is. And I don't know about you, but have you ever felt far from God? Or have you ever thought of somebody as being far from God? Verse 15, back again. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. So imagine yourself in this kid's shoes. You're desperate, right? You, you wish you could eat what the pigs were eating. That's just the place That you're in. Sometimes that's the place that we find ourselves in, just far from God, far from the Father, and desperate. Verse 17. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. I will. Don't miss this. This is the language of salvation, right? This is the speech that he is getting ready to give to his Father. You ever do anything wrong and you prepare the speech? Right? You plan out the speech. I've planned out quite a few speeches in my time and rehearsed them. Um, and that's what he's doing. He is preparing the speech to fess up. He says, I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in, and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But, While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. There is so much here that is culturally inappropriate from this time period. This would have just blown the religious leaders' minds. The same people were saying, this guy hangs out with sinners and eats with them. They would have been appalled to hear this. But Jesus is telling this story, this parable, so that they can see the heart of the Father, right? The heart of God. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. A father would never do this in this time period, right? He'd never go running. He might have a servant run up, but he would not run. He, he would not hike up his dress and run to his son. Not only to run, but then to embrace this boy who remember had greatly disrespected him by asking for his inheritance before he was even dead. And then he just left, right? There's no way a father would run up in this time period to him and embrace him. And to kiss him, kiss that face, that dirty face that was around pigs, and probably eat that pig slop No way he's doing that without wiping that face off, right? Verse 21, And the son said to him, remember, he's got his speech all planned out, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father stops him right there, right? Doesn't let him finish. Verse 22, But the father said to his servants, Quickly, Bring out the best robe. Best robe, right? Don't bring out that crummy robe that's in the back of the closet that's all full of mothballs and stinks and everything like that. No, bring out the best one. The best one, the best one would have been the father's robe. And put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Do you see what the father's doing here? There's something about this father clothing his son with a robe. God refers to this robe as a robe of righteousness, right? And he puts on a ring. That ring signifies you're back in this family. It signifies you're in the right place. And puts some sandals on his feet so he can walk around here like he belongs. So the father is looking for him, sees him, runs to him, embraces him, kisses him, interrupts him while he's trying to apologize, right? The speech, and he puts the best robe on him, a ring on his fingers, shoes on his feet. And then watch this, verse 23. And bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate, right? I'm going to tell you that would have been a great place for an amen, right? Amen? It's a great story so far. It's a story that I want for our church. It's a story that I want for all of our churches that are represented here today, right? I want us to have this heart. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care how you smell, right? You can smell like pigs. You're welcome here. I don't care how dirty. I don't care if you wear jeans. I don't care if you wear a t-shirt. You're welcome here to be a part of our family. You're welcome here to be a part of our family and get wrecked by Jesus Christ. Right? You see, it doesn't matter to me where a person is at. I just want to introduce them to Jesus and have Jesus flip their lives upside down like he did mine. A total 180. But then the older brother verse 25 now his older son was in the field what was the older son doing he was doing what he was supposed to be doing right he's working he's in the field he's working hard he's where he should be and his day comes to an end and when he came and approached the house he heard music and dancing the party's already started get this here he is working in the field doing the things he should be doing and nobody comes to get him Right? To invite him to the party, to come in early, to take it off a little bit early and come in. Verse 26, And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out. I love this because not only is the father, not only is God concerned about the younger son who's lost, right? But he's also concerned about the older son who, guess what? He's lost too, right? Remember the audience of this parable. The younger son represents the sinners and the tax collectors. The older brother, though, represents the Pharisees and the scribes. Both were lost. The father wants to reach them both. And listen to this. His father came out and began pleading with him. Verse 29. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours. Yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. Back then, most meals didn't include meat. It was saved for." A special occasion and the fat and calf that would have been the special occasion. A family would have invited the whole town out to that. This is a big celebration. And here the father used it on the son that disrespected him. Not on the son that was faithful. And to me that doesn't seem fair. And I've been in this spot. Church, I don't know about you, I've been in this spot, but it's easy to get mad at God when it seems like you're the one doing what you're supposed to be doing, and yet somebody else is being rewarded, somebody else that's not even doing what they should be doing. They got the nice car, right? They got the nice house. They got the good hair, right? Darn it. Amen, right? I tell you what, I've had some times where I've had a really bad attitude towards some people towards some things, towards God. And I've been the older brother. It happens, right? Verse 30. But when the son of yours came, this is the older brother speaking, when the son of yours came, do you catch that? When the son of yours came, he can't even call him his brother, right? He's your kid, your son. There is real anger there. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, do you know that nowhere in this account says that he did that? The older brother is just jumping to conclusions and making accusations about the younger brother. Do we do that? Do we ever make assumptions about people just by looking at them? You killed the fattened calf for him. For him. Not me. For him. Maybe somebody here has been working hard and doesn't feel appreciated. doesn't seem fair. Maybe it doesn't seem fair that that God seems to bless certain people, and, and you're struggling with some things. Would you listen to the Father's response, though? Verse 31, and He said to him, Son, you have always been with me. I don't know about you, but the times I remember with my dad are playing in a sandbox, right? And just the time, it was limited. It was, it was the time, though, that we took and spent together. That's what's really important, right? And that's what the Father says. Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. For this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. Amen? Can I remind you that there is a bigger picture called eternity? Can I remind you that having a relationship with the one true God is better than gold, better than anything. This life is temporary, and hell and eternal separation is very real. Do you see why this parable needs to shape our culture? It needs to be what we're about, The bigger picture. If we miss this, if we begin to focus in ourselves, or if we begin to focus just on what's temporary? Things, we can become the older brother. We can be lost. This isn't the parable of the the prodigal son or the lost son. This is the parable of the lost sons, plural. And we can't miss that. I wanted to look at the word prodigal. We think prodigal is somebody that is far from God, right? A backslider. A person that has lost their way, but it really doesn't, mean that. Prodigal doesn't mean backslider, sinful, or wayward, or any of those things. Prodigal means recklessly extravagant. Recklessly extravagant, having spent everything. And remember in my version it said the younger son had been living recklessly, right? Reckless living. So that's why in some versions the Bible calls this son as the prodigal son. But if we think about it, Right? Wouldn't we call the father a prodigal as well? You see, the father welcomes his son, and he was reckless because he didn't hold his son's sins against him. He didn't demand repayment. He's recklessly extravagant because the son wasted everything, his share of the inheritance, but when he comes back, his father gives him more. Right? The younger son didn't deserve anything else. But the father gives him the best robe. A ring. Shoes. A full restoration. A fattened calf. A party. And compassion. All that he didn't deserve. It's a reckless, extravagant love. Amen? What makes this story so awesome is that from this we know how our Father sees us in different seasons of our life, right? We get to see how God views us. We get to see his heart for us. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. What God does that? Right? You look at other religions, and it's all about you have to be good enough. You have to try hard enough. You've got to climb some mountain, and then maybe, maybe you'll get to God. But our God reconciles himself to us through Jesus Christ. Christ came to this earth, becomes flesh to save us. Our God makes a way so that we can get to the Father, so that we can have a relationship once again with the Father. Do you realize how recklessly extravagant that is? Jesus gave up heaven for us. He came down and served us. He was basically homeless. He laid down his life in the most humiliating, painful way that I've ever heard of. And He didn't do it because we deserved it. Right? The Bible says that we are still sinners while we're spitting on Him, while we're blindfolding Him and punching Him in the face and mocking Him and saying, prophesy, tell us who hit you. While we're hurling insults at Him, while we're betraying Him, while we're denying even knowing Him. He did this for us. Reckless, lavish spender. Prodigal. A prodigal can spend everything on themselves or, like with God, they can spend everything on somebody else. He gave everything for us. It's, make, it's what makes me want to serve Him with everything that I have. Right? Right? Romans 12.1. In view of God's mercy, right? Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Don't you want to dedicate your life to sharing the good news, the gospel? Don't you want to see people set free from bondage? In this passage, we talked about this. The younger son represents sinners and tax collectors. In other words, people that are, are far from God with these people there comes a point often like with the younger brother that they come to their senses and start looking at the father coming to the father there's people like that out there there's there might be people like that in here and we need to be the father we need to be like the father looking for them running to them embracing lifting them up intertwining our lives with them right having compassion on them, telling them that they belong, that this is a place for them. You know what scares me though? I'm scared that our church might be filled with older brothers. Could you imagine if a younger son came home and met the older brother before meeting the father? Can you imagine how that scene would have been played out? What are you doing here? Didn't you disrespect our dad enough? You're a disgrace. Get out of here. Right? You don't belong. You smell like a pig. You're a sinner. God, forgive us. God, forgive us if we ever get in the way of somebody coming to Christ. Right? This parable, this story is very interesting because it ends on a cliffhanger. It ends not knowing what the older brother chose to do. Did he come inside and celebrate with his younger brother? Or did he stay in his anger and stay outside? Jesus did this on purpose because it's a call to us. What is our response? going to be? Will we go inside or we stay in our anger and just stay on the outside? This was a call. This is Jesus reaching out to the Pharisees and the scribes. Right? Hmm. There's a true story of a young man who was a U.S. soldier in Vietnam and he went missing. And when his family could not find him or they didn't hear for them, the older brother flew out to Vietnam and started going into the battlefields and to the places where his younger brother had been lost. And the story is that he wasn't hurt because both sides heard of what this person was doing and what he was about, and they simply left him known. He became known as the brother. My friends, that's what you and I are called to do we're called to go we can never be about hey let's invite people to church i mean that's good i shouldn't say that we should never be about that but we have to be willing to go go out of this building this would just be a staging area this is just a building this isn't the church we're the church we're the body of christ and we need to go out to a lost world and search for lost brothers and sisters right would you stand with me? My friends, I want us to be careful how we see people, especially in this day and age. We can become really jaded. We can, become, we can just see people who don't agree with us politically, spiritually, and we can begin to develop a real hatred for people, a real anger towards people. But we're called to go to them. Right? We're called to go to them. We're called to share the good news with them. We're called to lead them towards Christ. We're called to be countercultural. We're called to, to model something totally different than the world has ever seen. Yeah, we have different views on sexuality, right, and marriage. And that might turn some people off, but some people might look at that and say, oh, there's a different way of doing things. What's behind that? Who's behind that? And we can be a city on a hill that points to Christ, right, that points to God. Let's not ever look at people, though, and just count them out and not want anything to do with them, right? Right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would call your church to be the church, to continue the work that you started. Lord, you are known as somebody who is a friend of sinners, a person who went after the lost, and let it be the same with us. Father, do not let us get jaded. Do not let us get angry. Do not let us get caught up in the temporary things of this world and prevent us from doing what we're called to do Lord help us to show the world something different help us to show the world that we we value life all life Lord that we're willing to go after that Lord help us to be a a safe haven help us to welcome people as our brothers and sisters help us to sacrifice for people show us that we're not missing out on anything when we do Lord, give us that passion. Give us that desire in our heart that just burns for people. And Lord, give us opportunities. Give us opportunities this week. Place people in our paths. Place people in our lives and help us to remember this might be a divine appointment. Lord, help us to be praying during those times and to follow your lead. Lord, give us a boldness. Give us a boldness to stand for truth But let us do it with grace. Lord, call us. Call us. Equip us. And send us out, Father. Lord, we just ask this in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to end with a song. And then you'll be dismissed. I should have gave the praise team a warning. Sorry. Amen, amen. Thank you again for coming. We love you. Listen, there's somebody in here, I bet, though, that needs to come to know their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I'd love to talk to you about that. Doug, would you raise your hand? Doug would love to talk to you about it. Adria, is she in here? She just walked out. All right, listen, you come find us. All right? Come find us if you don't know the Father, if you have not given your life to Him. All right, follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And the rest of you, can I invite you to be a prodigal? To be recklessly extravagant with your love for people? Do that, right? All right, you are dismissed. Thank you.